Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. Thanks for joining us for the first second captains at the Irish Times of the week. You may remember Emmanuel Pellegrini getting a bit of stick earlier this season for getting his maths wrong when it came to the final Champions League group match against Bayern Munich. You remember this, Ken? Mm-hmm. Can you remind us what happened? Emmanuel Pellegrini evidently doesn't understand how the away goals rule works. Uh, he thought that having lost uh, 3-1 at home to Bayern, 4-2... Um, would not be enough. He'd have to win 5-2 in order to finish ahead of them in head-to-heads. Uh, but that's not uh, actually the case. Well, so he ended up with a 3-2 win, which was one short. Mm. You see, well, it's confusing in the in the League Cup, you know, because they change it, don't they? It's like after extra time only that away goals. Mm. So, you know, in, in that respect, I do find myself watching League Cup games and getting confused over the away goals rule. In the Champions League, though, it is pretty clear. I bring this up because I'm not sure if Pellegrini watches much of the Allianz Hurling League. He may, he may not. championship mass. But if he did, he'd spare a thought for Dublin's Niall McMorrow, who had a chance at a point in the dying seconds of their game against Tip yesterday. At that time, the Dubs were three points down. So naturally enough, he floated it towards goal, hoping somebody could flick it on and grab a late draw. Problem was, a two-point defeat would have been enough for Dublin to stay out of the relegation playoff places and go on to the quarterfinals. Tip had to win by three points to get above them. So all he needed to do was tap the ball mm. over the bar. Yeah, it's not great. Ooh. Although, didn't Ron Nogara not realise the exact permutations of the Miracle game when he was playing for Munster against Gloucester? I don't think he realised that his final conversion was yeah. necessary, which but, maybe uh, was an, an advantage. <laughs> after like 79 minutes and 45 seconds of unbelievable, unstinting effort on the part of the Munster team, it all boiled down to a conversion that Nogara didn't actually realise was the key moment of the entire game so yeah as as you say in a situation like that I mean I think it probably would have been a major advantage for him not for him to uh, be uh, blissfully ignorant of the import of that particular kick Anthony Daly was asked if the player knew that a point would be enough would have kept them up and put them through and he said I'm not certain just like this Anthony Daly style quote I'm not certain I didn't pin him to the wall inside and say did you know the story (laughs) we'll talk about that with Maggie Clerken shortly Al Clasico was on last night we'll have a lot of detail on that in the football show Ken but I'm sure you watch it with interest 
Unbelievable 4-3 win for Barcelona. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, well, it was a re- really good first half. And then the second half, there was a lot of penalties. And Barcelona ended up coming out on top, getting two penalties to Real Madrid's one. And look, it was, uh, I mean, Ronaldo has been speaking after the game. And it appears that Real Madrid have once again been the victims of a conspiracy. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, the referee was pale and nervous, and uh, I knew that he wasn't going to make the right decision, said Ronaldo. And uh, there's a lot of people out there who don't want Real Madrid to win this title, which I think is probably true. But what Ronaldo means is that there's a lot of people who are trying to um, stitch up the title race to prevent Real Madrid from winning, which I'm not quite so sure about. And Rob Penny, uh, and well, we're going to be building up to Munster against Leinster, or Leinster against Munster, I should say, today, because why not? It's a big enough game. It's already sold out. It's a sellout. Days in advance. Uh, Rob Penny said after the game against Treviso on Saturday, it will be challenging. There's no doubt about it. It is basically Munster playing the Six Nations champions. That's the reality of the situation. Now, Penny, this is the second time he's drawn this comparison or he's identified the match in this way as being between his uh, put-upon Munster mm. and the behemoths of Leinster who fill out the Irish Six Nations winning team. It's a strange way, I think, of going about it, isn't it? Does anyone find it a little bit odd that he's going um, in that route? I assume what Rob Penny is thinking here is the is the old, um, you know, wow, they're so amazing. How could little old us ever possibly hope to compete with champions? Leinster, really, they just need to come down here and sleepwalk through that game. You know, a bit like maybe what was going on with Arsene Wenger during the week with his thousand games. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe he, he ended up walking out into the pitch at Stamford Bridge in a bit of a daze. Uh, considering, well, a thousand games and it's actually pretty amazing. I have, I have done very well. He forgot to give a team talk or organise his defence. I, I, I assume that's what, what uh, Penny is, is trying to do, um, foster a bit of... Uh, Us against a bit, a bit, Maybe, no, just a bit of complacency and, and a bit of sort of, yeah, you know, he's the way this guy's talking, this is going to be an easy game. I'd be amazed if that We're works. just going to go down there and step on Monster like you would an insect. Or they're going to come up to Dublin and get stepped on. As the matches in the Aviva Stadium. Go down down to the Aviva. <laughs> <laughs> From our position here, just up here. Sure. <laughs> uh, Maliki Clerkin joins us in studio. We'll chat about the rugby later on. We're going to have a great long lineup of Alan Quinlan and Jerry Thornley in studio. So it should be a good chat. But Maliki is here to talk about the state of play after the last round of the Hurling League games yesterday. Maliki, thanks for coming into us. Not at all. A lot of the drama happened in the game between Dublin and Tipperary. We spoke a little bit about this at the start of the show where Niall McMorrow, a sub for Dublin, had a chance to save them from possible relegation but uh, opted to, as most people would in a situation where a team is three points down, lob it in towards the goal and hope that somebody could bat it down and draw the game. Now, Anthony Daly absolved them of any blame afterwards. Is it one of those things that should we expect a player to be aware of a scenario as straightforward as that? in the last minute of a game? Well, to a certain extent, yes. But, you know, we're not talking about, you know, the quarterfinal of the World Cup here or the championship. Like, it's, it is the difference between getting one more game between now and the start of the championship and the difference between getting at most three. Um, I don't know that these teams, you know, had, had McMorrow scored his point, I don't know that... Tipperary would have been, you know, renting their garments at missing out on a league quarterfinal it's probably releg- by a puck of a ball. The possibility of getting relegated is probably the bigger... To a certain extent, but that, I mean, like, that's still in their own hands. Dublin, I mean, I've actually have seen Watford the last couple of weeks 
I don't know that Dublin would have a whole pile to fear playing against them. Yeah. I know Waterford have played against Clare and Kilkenny in the last couple of weeks, and you know you're not going to find too much harder test than that. Uh, certainly away from home, but um, yeah, I, I, I think if we were talking about something that that really really mattered, uh, then yes, the players should know and be more aware of scoring the point or, or lobbing it in or anything like that. But you're like going that. down the Anthony Daly road. You're absolving Niall McMarrow of any, so. uh, any yeah. great blame. I don't, I mean, like, as I say, I don't, I don't think the, the cause and effect is particularly damning. Dublin have had an interesting league now. They go into relegation playoff despite beating Clare and Kilkenny. I don't know what that says. But I guess it says that they're inconsistent but capable of beating the big teams on certain days. Yeah, I think it also says something about the league. Um, you know, because it's such a compacted league, um, weeks run into weeks, and uh, the whole thing is over before you notice it. Like you know, it's the the these teams are after playing. I think is it three of the last four weeks. Uh, mm. It's it's just so compacted um, that you know you can win games by a point, lose games by a point, and move on to the next week. And whereas you know we take GEA as different to soccer, you know. Um, GA games because we focus on the championship so much because it's it's all that really matters to us at the end of any year. You know, every game becomes kind of epochal, and every game has three or four weeks after it. Yeah, uh, and huge postmortems. Exactly after every game. Yeah. Uh, whereas in a league system where there's five games played in the space of seven weeks or whatever it is, that's a lot of epochal shifts in your <laughs> mood. Exactly. So, so sorry. So, so the point that I'm sort of building to is that that I don't know how much you can particularly take from the fact that they beat, they won their two hardest games, or what yeah. you know should be yeah. their two hardest games, and lost the other three. I mean, they lost. I think one thirteen to one ten to Waterford down in Walsh Park. Um, on if they and they will play them again now next weekend, and I'm not sure actually. That's the time's being cost for that. Uh, coin is being tossed for that today um, where where it's going to be uh, I would expect Dublin to win that you know I, yeah. think I would expect well it's strange actually looking at the 15 results from the, the regulation games in the league 13 of them were home wins That's right, yeah. one draw and Clare managed to book the trend by, uh, and beat Tipperary and hence Clare finished top of the table yeah so I mean it, it is a, a pretty extraordinary situation whereby we've spent years and years bemoaning the fact that it's a one team championship and now all of a sudden you have six teams mm. and the you know the beaten all Ireland finalists in Division One B and it seems you know but I do genuinely think that that there there are two aspects to to the the structure of the league that make it the way it is um, the, first of all that there's only six teams in it but I do believe that that if it was still only six teams but it was spread out over say ten weeks or twelve weeks um, I don't think home home advantage would be such a factor. Uh, I think I don't think you would get that sort of run of results, but I just think that that because it's so crammed in together, um, you know, teams sort of they they target their home games, they take what advantage they can, and uh, this is this is how it's run out. Claire topping the league, <clears throat> how significant is that? Do you think? Just in the sense that we've seen with a lot of teams, both in football and hurling, they really struggle in the mm. league after. I think Donegal the season after they. Won the All Ireland, which would have been last year, 2013. Yep. They had a dreadful start Terrible of the league. Jim McGinn, and, yeah. Yeah, and Jim McGuinness said, "Look, we don't care about yeah. this. Pretty much, we, mm. we it's all about the championship." How significant is that Clare, in the months where they're supposed to still have this post All Ireland hangover, 
don't seem to have one. Yeah, and 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 if you listen to Davy or indeed believe him, um, he says they're not fit. Mm-hmm. He says they they haven't the work done that everybody else has done. Um, I was in Ennis not yesterday, but Sunday week ago uh, to see them play Waterford, and I have to say that first half was as good a standard of hurling as I've seen uh, league or championship, and really? I know, and ah, uh, it was beautiful to watch. It was really, uh, and and I know it's the middle of March. And I know Waterford weren't up to much, and they got hammered again yesterday. Uh, and and you know the the Waterford, I would have real worries about how sort of tactically minded they are because they do make big mistakes and let teams mm-hmm. get a run on them. But they Clare were just they were it was a joy to watch, a real joy to watch. Uh, Podge Collins played in or around midfield. Um, and I mean he he is a, like just a little wizard. Like he was running. Getting on the ball, playing fifty-yard passes right onto Shane O'Donnell's stick, yeah. and Shane O'Donnell uh, was extraordinary. Uh, I had him down for in the first half. He scored one-two, and he had the last pass for three-three. Yeah. Uh, every time he touched the ball, he put somebody in, and they're running off the ball. They're stick passing. It was beautiful. It was absolutely brilliant to watch. So, um, I don't know now uh, where that will be come you know, middle of June, middle of July, how how much, obviously other teams will, will focus on them, other, other teams will put up a, a bigger challenge than, than Waterford did that day. I know Galway, you know, Galway probably should have beat them yesterday. But if you take um, even the teams that they've been playing, yesterday was Tony Kelly's first game, really. You know, he came on in the, the Waterford game, but he played, played the whole game yesterday. And I thought it was amazing about yesterday was, like, if you watch... Claire, all all through last year, all the way now, like Claire's right. The one thing you absolutely can rely on them for is that Colin Ryan will score ten points from freeze, eleven points from freeze. He was on the bench yesterday. Tony Kelly scored eleven points from freeze. Yeah, like they are they such talented, talented hurlers. And there was actually there was one point uh, in the Waterford game. They were let me get this right. I think they were three thirteen to four points up or maybe 313 to two points up they were 20 points ahead anyway because mm. I, I made a note of it and Connor Ryan came out from centre back caught the ball and he got it in midfield and he looked up and he went for the posts and uh, put it wide put it wide by about three feet or whatever and Davy ate him he absolutely r- took the ears off him and, and in Ennis like the dugout is right in front yeah. of the stand, like so much so that the subs are actually sitting, like you can touch them from the press box. Like it, it's it's really small, and so everybody in the ground could hear Davy, and he just, but he and he ate him, and, and all he said to him was, "Connor, Connor, use it, use it." Now he didn't say it as politely as that, but he said, but he said, and the next two minutes later, Connor Ryan got the ball. He played a one-two with Colin Galvin in midfield and put it over the bar. And it was, you're just going, like, they were 20 points up at that stage. If ever you were allowed to take a pot at the posts yeah. in 20 yards of space. I wonder, long term, <laughs> does that start wearing on the players? It's uh, totally unfair on Davey because he's done so well with them so far. But if you're playing for a manager... I did notice, actually, I did, I did notice that the odd time that he had shouted somebody who was over, like, you know, say, say at wing half forward or whatever, it would take them three or four 
Connors for him to turn around. He, <laughs> Pretend you, could, you don't hear the oh, manager. You, could, yeah, yeah. I, mean, you could I, almost, I would have thought in fairness that the, I mean, he's not going to stop shouting. So you might as well just turn around the first time. <laughs> you can nearly hear them roll their eyes. Yeah. yeah. So Malachi, we don't like making sweeping statements yeah. based on the uh, regulation phase of the Allianz Hurling League. But I do want to ask you, who's going to win the All-Ireland this year? Yeah. Um, the team that, that beats Clare, you know, just from, from the couple of times I've seen them, um, Will will be very very close. Like they're they they're not stopping. And you know, I, I don't know. A few injuries um, might hurt them. You know, although they are all very talented, um, I don't know how far they w- would be able to go if, say, Podge Collins had to miss three games or if Tony Kelly had to miss three games. But they're very strong across the half back line. Um, Kilkenny were great yesterday. Uh, I know that people are making a big deal out of you know how many players Cody has used. Um, I still don't know that of of the newer faces, how many of them are really going to push mm. the guys out. Cody like, said afterwards that he does feel they have depth now, and this is something when Keith Duggan interviewed him a few weeks yeah. back, he said that he didn't get it right in the league last year. That's he didn't true. Didn't introduce that, enough yeah. new faces. He feels he has, and they finished with a four. 22 scoreline against Waterford. That is true, but at the same time, um, their big players yesterday, uh, Jackie Terrell was playing at centre-back, uh, even, even say, the, the, the newer, of the newer breed, Colin Fenley has been around for four or five years and now he's coming to fruition. I tell you one player who has really impressed me in the league, and he's he's sort of new, but he's not. The, it's Walter Walsh. Walter Walsh. I was going to say. Looks, yeah, yeah. He, he really looks like exactly the kind of player they need. The kind of guy who will score four points from wing forward uh, every day. It's and funny. This is this is how the apprenticeship is served in Kilkenny. Yeah. That you're that you you make the team, and then you're on the team for two years, and th- and it's, yeah. it's kind of it's so gradual. You yeah. know that you eventually you become the own Larkin. Or the Richie. Although Hogan. that guy gets to start in an All Ireland final for his first ever game for the county. <laughs> exactly. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, it. And I mean, that was you know that's. I suppose but he looks. He like he looks. He looks. He looks like he belongs. Yeah. In a real absolutely. Way but I don't year. know how many of the of the other sort of uh, uh, ex- added extras are going to really push them. Uh, you know, JJ mm. came back yesterday. Kieran Joyce came on. Um, Owen Larkin has been there the whole way through. Shefflin's played the whole way through. Tommy will be back. Like I don't think any of us really buy that Tommy Walsh isn't going to start in the championship. No, no. And I, I just, it just all that doesn't, we know about the world is wrong. Sound right, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. All right, listen, Maliki, brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. I knew the place. Clough, as he calls me, Rabbi, didn't know them. He said to me, "What can you do that the boss hasn't done? You, the boss." And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. But there's no way to win it better. Why not? Really lo- no, 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 no. But that's the only hope we're, I've got. We're doing, we're doing lots for matches. But that, well, that I can only look straight. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. Clough, as he calls me, Ravi. Good luck. Now, that might, that might be, you know, aiming for utopia, and it might, be, might mean being a little bit stupid. But that is the way I am. I'm a little bit stupid regarding this type of thing. I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like me. It's hard to argue with Maliki's assertion there. The terminology is interesting. The the team that beats Clare wins the All-Ireland. That is something that is said a lot in sports punditry. It usually means Clare will win. The team, that team will win. But if anyone was to somehow beat them... 
they would probably that would the automatically yeah. put them into Hard an argue ex- with. extremely good position. Uh, yeah, I wasn't entirely sure that Clare were going to do what they've done and uh, show us what we've seen in the last couple of weeks in this year's league. To be honest, I I kind of thought that uh, they might win a few, lose a few, not try not to make too much of a of a stir. But the quality of their play, as Malky's been saying over the last couple of weeks, uh, it's you know it's they seem to have gained the huge self-belief that you get from winning All-Ireland without losing the sort of edge to their play that you see so often from All-Ireland champions the, the, fo- the following year, uh, which makes them a pretty uh, intimidating prospect. Both Dublin and Clare will retain their titles in the All-Ireland Murph. You heard it here first. You uh, didn't hear it here first at all. Loads of people are saying the same thing, but I'm adding my voice to that chorus. I, I think Clare are more likely to win the hurling again than Dublin are to win the football. How about that, on Coming up later on today. That's... Yeah, they have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I'm to walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. But you don't know what you're talking about. What did you want? I'd like to stay alive for six days. I'm going to need it there. I'd say it to your face, not say it to now. I will go to Anfield and we'll see them all. What you doing down here, you surely man? Well, uh, the, I guess the biggest games over the weekend on were Chelsea's evisceration of Arsenal, 6-0 um, at Stamford Bridge, which I think merits some discussion oh, yeah. uh, exactly what happened there. And also the Real Madrid-Barcelona uh, match in which they clapped out, um, passed it, uh, nowhere near as good as they were in 2011. And was that team even really as good as it was in 2009? Barcelona still turned out to be too good for Real Madrid, who have been winning pretty much all the plaudits in the Spanish League this season. That's coming up later in second captain's football, such as the structure of the rugby season that we are already straight into some massive provincial games after Ireland won the Six Nations. Leinster against Munster at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday. Chief among them, two of the Irish Times rugby team are in studio. Jerry Thorney and Alan Quinnan. Thanks for popping in, guys. Good morning. We're only Pleasure. in the Monday of uh, the, the build-up to the week. Uh, of a Leinster Munster game already the match is sold out which I guess tells you all you need to know about the, the type of rivalry this is these days Alan uh, it's uh, probably come a long way since you started playing your first Munster Leinster games Yeah absolutely there's um, I suppose with, with Leinster's uh, recent success and, and the rivalry was always there I think you know Munster was involved in two Heineken Cups and then Leinster went and won three Heineken Cups and it's really cranked up the rivalry um, between the two provinces and, and, and the fans I think Um I suppose it's uh, it's always a game that kind of attracts uh, great interest. There's huge intensity and passion about it. And I suppose, you know, guys would have played in the Irish team together traditionally over the years, and these games are always seen as as um, you know a, a game to, to to kind of lay down a marker for Irish selection and uh, I suppose for bragging rights as well. You know, guys players always know each other pretty well and. Uh, just huge rivalry, and it's always been a great game over the years. A game as a player, I always remember. I suppose it's it might might not be the same for some guys, but certainly it's it's a different week. Um, you'd be quite nervous and anxious about it, and it brings it brings its own pressures, like any derby match in any sport, sporting code. So it's uh, it's always an exciting week. The Irish selection angle that you mentioned there is particularly interesting coming up to this game, given the preponderance of Leinster players in the Irish setup. Dennis Leamy's the only Munster man I've heard publicly talk about this in a negative way. Is there a feeling in Munster that this that players were unfairly treated in terms of selection for the Six Nations and will it be used as motivation going into this match? Well, I think it's a, what he said might have been taken out of context a little bit. Um, Dennis, um, I suppose he uh, 
we were slagging him there uh, last week when it happened. I was anyway, and, and I was chatting to Paul O'Connell about it that he never had much of an opinion when he played. And, you know, he was never an outspoken guy. What he was trying to say was, I suppose, is more that there's disappointment there. Um, and I'd agree with that. Um, there's always going to be disappointment when you've, when, when, you know, any of the provinces have small representation on the team. Um, what he was saying, I suppose, was that uh, there's there's a few guys from Leinster who are not starting for Leinster who are playing, at, you know, selected ahead of guys who were who were starting for Munster. Um, but those guys were coming back from injuries as well, you know. And uh, it's it's something that you know, Joe Schmidt. I, I I you know I don't have a big issue with it. I think he he selected guys who he be, you know believed could do a job for him. He's been proven right because you know obviously winning the Six Nations. But from a Munster point of view, there's no doubt. Um, it will, uh, you know, it'll give him a bit of a chip on their shoulder going into the weekend, and and a real determination from those players to kind of prove a point. Because you know, when I, as I said, when I was a player as well, if I wasn't being selected in the Irish team and there was guys ahead of me, and you you play them, and it's it's natural that you're going to try and you know prove to yourself that um, you're as good, if not better, um, to yourself and also to to the public. So um, what Dennis said was, I think, was maybe blown out. of proportion a bit the timing of it could have been better I suppose leading into the the final Six Nations game but um, more disappointment I think people down in Munster would be disappointed and and that's a good thing I think that they're disappointed that it's not more Munster guys but from from my point of view I think Leinster have been the dominant team in the last couple of years and and uh, you know it's up to the Munster guys to try and change that It's interesting Jay because it's not necessarily just Dennis Leamy Rob Penny has been keen a couple of times in the build of this game even after the match at the weekend to define it as as he says himself Munster versus the Six Nations champions which is an interesting way of going about it I don't know what the thinking is there Oh I do he's, he's tapping into the Munster's zeitgeist and he understands that there's no more dangerous team on planet Earth with a chip on their shoulder and a sense of grievance than Munster. So he wants to very much play that up publicly, course, privately, yes, all the rest. I wouldn't even think he actually needs to. He should probably should be grateful to Joe Schmidt that he saved him the team talk. Mm-hmm. Certainly when it comes to motivation. I think Anthony Foley was on the radio during the Six Nations and the preponderance of Leinster players in the squad and the matchday squad was brought up. And of course this was setting up looking ahead to the Aviva match. This is a few weeks ago. And Foley was asked, would, would this be mentioned in the um, dressing room before the game? And his answer was, I would be disappointed if it had to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, you look at the players that are going to come back this week. Um, you've got the three internationals that were involved, Peter Armani, Paul O'Connell and Conor Murray. But you've also got Tommy O'Donnell, James Cullen, BJ Bowe coming back in the mix. You've got a lot of motivated players, particularly O'Donnell. I think Dunica Ryan O'Donnell can feel a little hard done by. But as Quinny says, akin to Simon Zebo, they didn't have a lot of rugby under the belts. Um, and Tommy O'Donnell got a slight injury stinger during the course of Six Nations, which... Uh, meant that Jordy Murphy kept his place on the bench. But I would argue that probably Tommy O'Donnell was the hardest done by and could have a, a rightful sense of grievance about it. But this all plays into Munster's hands and they've got additional motivation coming up for this game. Um, and there will be more Munster players coming into the team. I mean, Foley made the point as well that the Leinster players are more familiar with the Joe Schmidt ways and their very specific ways and what he wants from his players. And Munster players, the more he works with them, they will become more familiar and more of them will break into the Is squad. there a danger of Penny overdoing this side of things? Because, I don't know if Paul O'Connell or uh, Peter Manny, these guys would care, but their, their contribution to the Six Nations title is almost taken out of the equation mm. when it's described as Munster versus the Six Nations champions. Oh, I wouldn't think it would matter a damn to them. You know what I mean? I, think, I don't think they'll feel aggrieved or insulted by what their coach has said. That, that I think they understand that the, he's, it's a game he's playing away with words. And um, yeah, you'll see, you'll, I would imagine Paul O'Connell will join the fray and Peter O'Mahony this week in building Leinster up and into what they are. I mean, 
I would say it might be a record. Uh, 18 players supplied to a Six Nations title winning team. I doubt any French club, English club, any club anywhere has ever done that in the history of the tournament. So, you know, why not build them up from where Munster are coming from? They're away from home. They'll be underdogs with the bookies' classic, classic Munster position. And also, of course, on top of all of this, just in its own right, it serves as a great warm-up for the Heineken Cup because, last, let's face it, the two games last weekend, neither hit their straps. Munster particularly found very little rhythm. Zebra become very effective spoiling side. Leinster struggled to put them away. And so they've really only got this one game to get themselves right for Heineken Cup quarterfinals. And this is the game they would have handpicked. Alan, you said that in your own career you would have looked at players, you, you would have been in situations where you might have been get, getting selected for Ireland and you wanted to prove that you should be selected. Would you very specifically use that? Can you remember matches against, be it Leinster or whoever else, and you're playing against your opposite number thinking, I'm better than this guy and I'm going to prove it? And if so, you can name it. Yeah, names. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I suppose for, for me, um, you know, Simon Easterby was was as uh, was a guy who was ahead of me on the Irish team for a number of years. I was great friends with with Simon, but if we any time we played the Scarlets, I tried to tried to have a good performance because I knew that the Irish selectors would have been looking at it, you know, as possibly on TV. And it's no different, you know, if I was playing against Leinster and Jamie's playing number eight and um, or you know or Shane Jennings or, or or any of these guys, I think whoever you play against, um, you want to try and get the kudos, uh, get a good performance out because. You know, everybody notices these games a bit more than you know some of the lesser games, which might be on the TV and there might be big crowds at. Mm. This is going to be packed house. It's it's a top of the table clash, and that's something we have to mention. I think for for you know, Munster probably need to win this game if they want to if they want to try and try and get that home semi final, that home final. They'll want to finish top. It's and so will Leinster for sure. But I think Munster have had a blip in the last few weeks. You know, losing the Scarlets and a bit. They struggle a little bit against Treviso the other night, so they're. I think Leinster are in a little bit better shape, and 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 the game has been on, you know, in the Aviva as well. Is there one advantage maybe to the Irish situation in recent weeks for Munster players, and that is that Paul O'Connell in particular and Peter Manning, another smart player, they'll have looked, they'll have gotten maybe a bit of an insight into how Leinster work. They'll certainly have seen how the Leinster players work with Joe Schmidt. Maybe it's changed a bit this year, but they might have a bit more of an idea of what they can expect from Leinster than they even would have. For sure. They'll, they'll, it will have not been unlike being in Leinster camp for the last couple of months, really, because there would have been such a preponderance of Leinster players and many of the Joe Schmidt ways already established, which Leinster have continued on. And I think it will give them a very good insight into how they play. Um and they are smart, intelligent players and they will be talking about it and they'll understand individual, they've got a great insight into a lot of individual players as well. And then you add that with the mix of their chip in the shoulder and I think, I presume they will be underdogs but they will be very dangerous underdogs because as Queenie says, this has huge repercussions financially and in terms of winning, who might win the Rabo because people complain about the playoff system but this is the beauty of it in the sense that, okay, the, top, the team that finished the top of the table need not necessarily win the league and it's happened to Leinster before but it's not an even playing field throughout the season. Matches take place during Six Nations windows when other players aren't av- available. That Leinster have been bulk suppliers to Ireland and are still top of the table. Shows they are probably the strongest, have the strongest squad in the league by some distance. But, you know, when it, getting, as Quinny says, getting a home semi-final and a home final gives you every chance. So you mm. get a lot of reward for finishing top of the table. And in the heat of the hunt, this does look like it will, be, it will define the season at the end in terms of who does finish top of the table. Munster are the team who made a Heineken Cup semi-final last year as well, even though people look at the Leinster squad and the representation and 
talk a lot about where they are. It looks like it's as even as it's been for a while. Or certainly months they're a lot closer to Leinster than they were maybe two, three seasons ago. Yeah, they've made, they've made really good strides. At, uh, you know, they were very inconsistent in the in the league last year, and they had a great run in the Heineken Cup. I think um, much more consistent this year. You know, they've only lost three games in the in the in the Pro Twelve, um, and I think they've you know they've brought through a lot of guys who are. I suppose getting the feeling of winning week after week, um, they've been very consistent. They haven't been always easy on the eye to watch, but they've grown out results and, and they've kind of grown and matured mentally as a group. And I think certainly they've made some great strides, but Jerry mentioned it. I think Leinster have a little bit more depth um, in, in their squad and, and that's what Munster are trying to develop, um, get some depth. And I think it's important this week that, from Munster's point of view, and Rob Rob Penny has said this himself. Um, I think initially the the interview after the game, that that remark he made was, I'm not sure it was the wisest thing to say. A- about Munster versus the Six Nations. Yeah, standards. yeah. I think Munster have to focus on on, you know, they just have to focus on the team effort this week. If they kind of get carried away and trying to prove a point and going on solo runs and individuals kind of trying to make it you know, you know make an impact themselves and 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 losing that focus for what the t- how important the team is because the team is only as good as how you, how you feed into it as an individual and with O'Connell coming back into that group he kind of gives everyone a lift Peter O'Mahony as well you know he's been a great captain for him this year and Conor Murray um, BJ both of these guys that Jerry mentioned are coming back they'll give him a big boost because there are a lot of experienced guys who've who've played huge games throughout the world um, and that, that's probably a point I'll speak about during the It's a good point you make. That's, it's a form of discipline and then there's the actual discipline in terms of yellow cards, penalties, red cards even. I remember one day Ulster coming down to Thoman Park being very, very pumped up for the game. Um, stony-eyed, somebody walking onto the pitch, no eye contact with anybody. You could see they were really up for it and they got an early red card in the game and you blew them away. I'd say you might have been playing that. You can want to win these two matches and you can have too much of a chip on your shoulder yeah, for these matches, you, can't you? you have to be aggressive and, mm. but you have to get the fundamentals Controls. right. You know, mm. scrum and line out the basics of the game. Defend well because Leinster... You know, a Leinster team who kind of, when they get a bit of momentum going, they build phases, uh, quick phases, mm-hmm. they can they can cause teams a lot of problems. So Munster will have to be structured and disciplined, have that individual aggression and, and feed it into a collective unit of aggression against Leinster because, you know, there's a lot of, these games are physical, they're intense, um, and there's a, there's a lot of pace to them. And I think, you know, Munster, I think... They're capable of upsetting Leinster at the weekend. They're capable of getting in the mix. You know, they'll take confidence from the game down at Thoman Park um, in October mm-hmm. um, when they won that game, and they've kind of closed that gap a little bit in recent years and, and had a few results um, against Leinster. But I suppose it's um, it's just keeping that focus. Uh, and Leinster are the same, I suppose. The, Matt O'Connor will have to, you know, in the last two weeks, feed back in a, a big group of guys coming back in, getting into the, the Leinster way of thinking calls, moves, um, stuff like that, and probably make sure their feet are on the ground, that they're not kind of getting ahead of themselves, that they were involved with Ireland and that they're better than, um, you know, because I think Munster will come out with a lot of intensity at the weekend. Do the coaches really want this game as a warm-up? Definitely. They, they definitely do, because I'm just... Definitely. I, I would have thought maybe there's one piece of logic that would say that you prefer a game that players don't have to get quite as psyched up for maybe but you, you don't think so you think this battle hards them for the following week. yeah I mean I think it's it's generally worked in the past provided of course there are no injuries but if for 
if, if it would be different if there'd been a three or four week build up into the Heineken Cup quarterfinals, but there hasn't been. And for Leinster particularly, it's a one match build up, and to a degree for Munster as well. And it's it's you, I would imagine Quinny as players and certainly as coaches, you'd want a game of Heineken Cup intensity before you return to the Heineken Cup quarterfinal. And there is no better match than the Irish calendar, that, with the possible exception of an Ulster game, than the Leinster Munster match to, to achieve that for you. Uh, absolutely, you want to win it though, as well. Yeah. that's that's the ideal situation. Yeah. Um, but. And it's difficult after these these um, you know little campaigns like the November series and 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 the Six Nations when when a lot of the players are away um, for Munster they would have had a good few guys involved in the training squad so they would have been disrupted a bit a bit as well but not as much as Leinster and this is ideal preparation for both Imagine teams. Imagine going in after last week's weekend's games those useless games to all intents and purposes yeah, against yeah. Treviso Zebra were so negative they've become such a spoiling negative side I mean it would be just unlike anything you would face in a Heineken Cup quarterfinal OK predictions anyone going for a Munster win? <laughs> Jerry you, you start you, you yeah, I think everyone's first. looking at Jerry here um, I'm looking forward to it we have to wait and see what the teams are like it's early in the week yeah to get a better feel for these things later in the week as things stand You'd have to say with home advantage and you would imagine a very sizable um, noise level backing them as well. With the feel-good factor they have mentally, so many of these players coming into this game as Six Nations champions. Um, yeah, I mean, like you'd have to imagine that Leinster are entitled to be favourites. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, you know, Leinster, Leinster probably, um, they edge it because it's in Dublin and, and um, home advantage is a big thing. But I expect Munster will... Uh, you know, they weren't, weren't great against Treviso the other night. I think they'll be a lot better this weekend with all the players coming back in. And But uh, Leinster, you know what Leinster, what you're going to get from it. They're sure of what they're about, aren't they? Talent-wise, though, is it not a little bit closer? This Even in the back line, if you think that Sexton's gone, the say was gone, these kind of players aren't there anymore. Is it a little bit more even? It's The gap is closed, for sure. And you put out the best, um, Munster's best 15, and they can certainly compete with anyone. Um, you know, when they put on the jersey, and they, they've travelled... They've got good results away from home in the last couple of years, so they're capable of going to Dublin and and getting a good performance. Um, and I think it, the game will be close. There'll be there'll be a serious bite to the game, but I suppose you have to say Leinster. You still t- you're still talking about Leinster perming two from Dave Carney, Luke Fitzgerald, Fergus McFadden, and Zane Kirshner. Like one of them mightn't even make the bench. All right, two Leinster predictions. Alan Jerry, brilliant stuff. Thank you. Cheers. Pleasure. Hairdryer is, is a metaphor for the current of hot air generated by various blasts of temper. The hairdryer with which uh, Alex Ferguson was famously associated. He threw a hairdryer, I think, at David Beckham. Oh, he threw a hairdryer at David Beckham. Uh, in the, is that right? No, 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 no. Just to go back to the fact that this game is sold out, I know I'm having on about it a little bit, mm. but when you think about it, no reason why it shouldn't be when you look at it in its modern context, but if you think about the competition that it is, it's a secondary competition. It's, it would be the equivalent of maybe Dublin versus Kerry selling out Croke Park in the league. Yeah, it is. That's pretty much what it, what it's it is. It's pretty really. impressive, you know. Uh, now, there's no guarantee that Leinster and Munster play each other in the Heineken Cup all that often, so... For you know the iteration of the rivalry, you know for this season, this could be more than likely. Well, I mean, no guarantee that Dublin are going to be play Kerry in the championship. They have yes, in the last enough. couple of seasons, all right. Yeah, the last true few enough. Seasons, it is. It's it's kind of an extraordinary thing in in uh, in Irish sport that has happened over the last ten or fifteen years. All right, but um, I did kind of expect it to be okay. Forty thousand tickets sold, and bit that of a number, drive in the week. The number creeps up. Um, perhaps we see an ad. 
for the for the match in the Irish Times on the front page on Thursday morning, Rob Kearney in a state of undress or something like that. That pushes pushes the numbers up to a, a forty seven, forty eight thousand. But yeah, for it to be sold out at the start of the week is well, you'd imagine there's probably a bit of a kind of halo effect from winning the Six Nations, wouldn't you? Yeah, that probably adds to it. There are so many Might factors going to do, and it. the fact <laughs> that they're both still in the Heineken Cup, it's there. There is a bit of a perfect storm, but it's a robust fixture in the Irish sporting calendar. Just to give you the Dennis Leamy quotes there, because. Alan Quinlan did say that he felt Leamy was taken out of context. I'm not sure that's true, to be honest. What Leamy says is, yet I think what rankles with Munster people, and I suspect a similar view might be held by some folk up in Ulster, is that guys who aren't first choice in Leinster are still good enough for the national squad. I would argue that Dunnick Ryan brings more to the table than Reese Ruddock. And you have to wonder what Simon Zebo, a lion last summer, has to do to get back into a squad where the likes of Tommy Bowe and Luke Fitzgerald have been out injured all through so that's just to give you uh, maybe maybe focus on his game redouble his efforts show how good he is that might be uh, that might be the appropriate response from Simon Zebo Second Captains Football at the Irish Times coming up later on today in the meantime follow us on Twitter at Second Captains Facebook.com forward slash Second Captains we're out here for the time being but we will chat to you later thanks Kieran. thanks well, thanks Ken thank you Kieran. Thank thanks you, Ken all. thanks for listening That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.